And we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, joined alongside once again by Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino. And guys, another interesting week in the National Football League. A couple big upsets we saw this week. And for my New York Giants, a lot of injuries to say the least. Yours? Don't you mean our? Eh, I don't know about that one yet. We're not starting. We're not even thirty seconds in. We're already started arguing. This is really. This is a great. This, start. this is an argument. I don't want to say that's an argument. It just uh, the jury's still I, out. I've sold my soul. I'm locked in, well, baby. Either well, way, let's, let's get started. Yeah, I think that's a great way to set. Great, great segue, Johnson. Great segue. Uh, let's get started though with the Thursday night game this uh, this past weekend between the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. Packers coming off that big win over the Dallas Cowboys. Titans have been looking really strong as of late. And, you know, give the credit to the Tennessee Titans going into this game as a road underdog. But they get the win 27-17 off the back of Derrick Henry as per usual. He has 87 yards rushing and a touchdown. Also threw a touchdown in this game. And the Titans defense did just enough to hold off the Packers. Packers were really not able to run the ball in this game. Once again, as they've had all season. And Aaron Rodgers, at times in this game, looked very, you know, looked very slow. And the Packers got off to a nice start, but at the end of the day, they could not get the win. They dropped the four and seven. Titans now going to seven and three on the year with this win. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Derek Henry had a really good week again. I mean, he's still one of the best backs in the league. Uh, I would venture to say he's. Is I would venture to say he, he's he is the best. Listen, no. Back in the league is carrying the team like Derrick Henry. It is very possible oh, that Derrick Henry was, was not a Tennessee Titan. They'd be winless yeah. right now. Derrick Henry is by far the best running back in the league. People thought it was John the Taylor. And listen, John the Taylor is still top five for sure. But Derrick Henry has been the quote unquote king for the past couple of seasons and it's showing again this season. I, I love Derrick Henry. I think I'd probably take CMC though. Like, no, uh, CMC is no longer CMC is no longer carrying uh-huh. his team. Though he's he's a part, he's like cog of the wheel is, now. What I'm saying though is like only, strictly because of his ability out of the backfield to catch. That that's the only thing that I I mean sure yeah, he CMC you... a little bit more of because he he runs the ball very effectively, but it could also catch out of the backfield where like Henry doesn't really not I would he's not the best. Catcher, no, I mean, he, but, he'll, but yeah. if you just give him the ball, he gets you five yards. Oh no, one hundred percent. I'm not traditional running back. It's definitely Henry, but I overall back is I think CMC. But we need to talk about the uh, the Packers and their collapse. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and well, the Packers and their collapse this season? We need to talk about if Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, it's the only publicly held football team. Our good friend Brian is a well, um, shareholder of the Green Bay Packers, and I'd, I'd like to believe the shareholders are not happy this year. They're not happy with ownership. They're not happy with the head coach. They're not happy with Aaron Rodgers. And we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay. Well, the, certainly the question right now is going to be the Packers are 4-7. and seven. They still realistically have an outside shot to make the playoffs, but it's getting slimmer and slimmer by the week, especially after this loss. And then this upcoming weekend, they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. That will not be an easy game, to say the least. But for Green Bay, as the weeks keep going on, the question is going to be, when do the Packers potentially maybe play Jordan Love? They might have to start seriously considering that because they might be looking at Jordan Love to be starting next season. There's rumors that Aaron Rodgers could be going to another team next year. 
I've heard rumors that the, the Niners, the Jets, teams that need a quarterback really desperately are going to be looking at Aaron Rodgers' situation in Green Bay this coming next season, whether he's going to potentially retire or if the Packers just decide to trade him to get some some a little bit of that money off the board. But the Packers are still paying him a lot of money this, for this season and for the next couple of seasons. So it's really a bad time right now for the Packers. And now with a 4-7 and seven record, their season's just really getting worse and worse by each week. They're horrible. <laughs> they are a horrible football team. Um, there's re- there's no bright side outside of what Aaron Jones. And even Rashawn then, Gary, they don't run the ball with Aaron Jones. No, it's Rashawn, Rashawn Gary before his injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jair, I guess. But, like, outside of those three guys, like, your other, what, 19 starters are borderline irrelevant the, right the, now. The, the biggest spot, bright spot right now for the Packers is the emergence of Christian Watson, Watson the last two yeah. games. Five Save touchdowns in five days. He's do, he's starting to emerge as potentially, you know, the next big wide receiver guy. in Green Bay. But the Packers still need a lot more help, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball. They've really struggled this season against stopping the run. You saw it in this game against Derrick Henry, and you've seen it all season. They've been on the field so many times because the offense will go three and out and have to punt it away and the defense really doesn't get a rest, and therefore it leads to a lot of rushing guards on the season. So for the Packers, they're going to need to fix this down the stretch of the season if they want to have any hope to potentially make the playoffs. Well, going from one NFC North team to another NFC North team, they're starting to get a little bit of momentum this last couple of weeks. The Lions against the New York Giants. Gotta give Detroit credit. I mean, they get went into this one on the road, and they pretty much dominated this game against the New York Giants. They held Saquon Barkley 22 yards rushing, Daniel Jones threw two interceptions, and the Lions had a great running attack from not only Jamal Williams, but DeAndre Swift. They were able to combine for four touchdowns of the day. Detroit gets a big win on the road, 31-18. to They now go to 4-6. and six. They're starting to gain a lot of momentum down towards the end of the season. Meanwhile, the Giants, they lose a, a really bad game at home. They fall to 7-3, now tied for second place and the NFC East. But... With the Thanksgiving game this upcoming weekend against Dallas, the Giants really need to start getting back some momentum if they're going to try to make the playoffs this season. Um, I, I like the Giants. I'm a new fan. Um, Jerry's still out. Yeah, I know you guys don't believe it, but whatever. Um, I really just like this Lions team. I don't know why. I, I just I love. I love DeAndre Swift. I, I would like Jamal Murray more. Uh, Jamal Williams more. Well, you like if, DeAndre Swift. I don't know about Dan Campbell, but sure. Well, that's what I was about to get to. If Dan Campbell wanted, could, you yeah. know, like, you're making a good give point this right guy now. The fucking ball. Like, it, it's do we kinda, actually believe Jamal Williams is better, or we just believe DeAndre Swift is hurt? What's the actual case? I, I think it's a mix. Like, I, I Swift is definitely not fully healthy, but Jamal Williams is very good around the goal line. Which, like, sucks for DeAndre Swift because how many times in that game did he march, help them march down the field, and then Jamal Williams would come in and get the touchdown untouched? Like, it's just like. Well, it really wasn't more DeAndre Swift marching them down the field. It was more the, it was, the Lions yeah. passing game. They were able to get down golf. the field due to yeah. Am- Amon Ross St. Brown, who had a pretty yeah. solid game in this one with 76 yards receiving. Yeah. But it really came down to the fact that the Giants put themselves in bad situations with a couple turnovers. 100%. And they couldn't really move the ball down the field due to the fact that they couldn't run the ball. So the, the Lions had good field position most of this yeah. game, and it really hurt the Giants at the end of the day. 
So the the Lions, like I said, they're starting to pick up some momentum. Three winners are three in a row, now four and six on the season. They could really stun the entire NFL world this Thursday if they're able to knock off the Bills on Thanksgiving. But it's been a while since they've won a Thanksgiving game at home, so the question is going to be, are they going to be able to do it? I think only time is going to tell. But Detroit is starting to gain a lot of good momentum towards the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that sucks is you're starting to see the Daniel Jones from the last couple of years. I'd say, what, like the last two, three weeks? Like, he just hasn't. Well, I, I you're, you're starting to see what, if, if they're starting to see what the Giants' biggest problem is. The issue yeah. being that if you're able to stop the run, well, not even that. If you're able to stop the run, then you're forcing the Giants' hand to throw the football. And now mm. remember, Evan Neal is still injured, also. And then the, in this game, the Giants just got decimated with injuries. Wandell yeah. Robinson had 100 yards receiving on the day, but he tears his ACL. He's now out for the season. Adoree Jackson, who was returning punts this week because of the issues the Giants have had this season, you know, with Richie James obviously returning punts. He gets injured on a punt return. He's now out four to six weeks. So the Giants losing a promising wide receiver in his rookie season. They lose their best corner now for four to six weeks. This is not a good time for them to be losing people, especially with the Dallas Cowboys game coming up on Thanksgiving and the Giants trying to make a playoff push. But you got teams like the Washington Commanders now starting to get, you know, starting to creep up on them and try to maybe potentially steal their playoff spot. I mean... I wouldn't say that I told you so. I thought Washington was a better team. I think Taylor Heineke just needed to start. But that's beside the point. Um, you know, it, it sucks. The Giants have like a guy like Wandale, even though I like calling him Wandale. Um, Wandale Robinson. He's starting to really blossom as a receiver. And then goes down to ACL. Like, that's yeah. – it's a tough blow. And that receiving core has just been beat up all year. Second they weren't really injury. that good to begin with of a receiving yeah. core, but th- these injuries are just You lost Sterling Shepard against the Cowboys. Now you're losing Wandell right there. You that, trade Kadarius Tony. They did trade Kadarius Tony too, but he also got injured this week, so I mean, yeah. it but, seems but, to be if you're a Gi- if you either playing for the Giants or used to be playing for the Giants, it was not a good week for you this week. No, but I mean, you know, there's some bright sides still with this team. They've played 10 times better than they have the last handful of years under Dable. So we're going to see if they're able to, even if they sputter towards the end of the season, if going into next year with an offseason, another offseason under this offense and under this coaching regime, if they're capable of taking that next step. Whether that's getting a quarterback, whether well, it's definitely upgrading the receiving options. They need to do that. That's not even a question. Well, there's potential to do that. The rumor is Odell Beckham right now is deciding between a couple teams. The Giants are one of those teams. It's also deciding between Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, teams like that. So realistically, if the Giants were to have any hope, they need to try to push all their trips to get Odell Beckham right now, especially after this Wondell Robinson injury, because they really cannot afford to lose him, especially to a team like the Cowboys. If they were to lose him in division, that would oh, really yeah. hurt the down the stretch of the season. My only thing though with the Odell thing is like, is he chasing a championship? Is he chasing a bag? Like what is he chasing? I mean, because I mean he, he won a championship bag. last year, so it's just not mean anything. He wants to get if he wants another like, if he won another ring, I'd say it's definitely more you lean towards Buffalo or the Chiefs. But, I mean, you know, 
we'll see how much money that the Giants are willing to shell out. It's possible they could do it. I mean, listen, they have a there's an issue this season, obviously, with their cap throughout the past couple of years, and they haven't been able to you know get rid of guys like Kenny Galladay due to the money issues they've had from the years of Dave Gettleman. But you never know. Joe Shane might try his best to lure a guy like Odell Beckham to come back to the Giants. Now, another game I want to talk about is I'm looking very much forward to this. I want to talk about the New England Patriots teabagging the Jets once again uh, for the, I believe, the fourteenth straight time in a row. Out of it, the only person getting teabagged was call this this, a teabag? the only person getting well, teabagged was the people it, have to watch this game. I no, I think when you can hold a team to have less completions than uh, than punts, that is a teabagging. I don't care if they sucked on offense. The Jets couldn't do anything. The Jets couldn't do anything. Jet, Zach, but the Jets uh, haven't been able Wilson. to do anything offensively anyway. Oh, that's a lie. They've, scored, they've had multiple good games on offense. Zach, I don't want to hear that. Zach Wilson has well, they, not been a good quarterback. Has, I, didn't say, I didn't has, say Zach Wilson. I said the New York Jets have had multiple good games on offense. Their so offense Wilson, took a big hit when Brees their, their Hall got it killed them. And then on top of it, I mean, yeah, James Robinson's been okay, but he's not what Brees Hall was. He's still getting he's, he's still getting accustomed to the lineup. They're exactly. not really running him as much. And they're not really giving Carr the ball. So, like, I don't know what you expected. And then on top of all that, Zach Wilson is a bum. <laughs> like Yeah, there there is some turmoil going on in Jets land right now. So the He's issue actually with- an asshole too, on top of that. Well, I'll, let me get into that. This is so this is what happened. So the Jets in this game, their defense played phenomenal. They got to Mac Jones a bunch of times in this game. I believe six sacks for that uh, Jets no, defense. No, 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 no. That Jets defense did not good. That Patriots O-line is an abomination. That O-line would, wouldn't even be good in high school. Okay, but if a team gets six sacks, it's still a good game for the defense. You can't say it's not a good game for the defense. Uh, the Patriots O-line just gives up six sacks like every game at this point. It's not even impressive. Uh, okay. I'm gonna, besides that, besides, I'm going I'm to keep my... You also make it like the Jets defense hasn't been good all year. Like, that Jets defense has been really, really good. Like, come on. You have to give them credit. Sure, but I'm not I'm not discrediting them, saying that Patriots O-line is absolutely abysmal. That O-line's mm. better than the Jets O-line. I severely doubt that. They're missing two. Really? They, they literally have one-fifth of an offensive line. They got David Andrews back for what it seemed like 15 seconds, and now he's out again indefinitely. Isaiah wins out more. I mean, they they the backup center who was supposed to who they were going to rely on when David Andrews inevitably got hurt this year uh, left in this past off in this past off season. This old line has been it, and it's not the old line of the Patriots of five or ten years ago. It, it's abysmal. I, I, I no, the old line is not good. I, I would say it's a bottom five old line football. This is giving me like Andrew Luck Colts vibes. This old line. Uh. I mean, well, going back to my point, either way, the Jets got six sacks of Max Jones. This game was pretty much a snooze fest for both offenses. They really could not do anything in this game. And the Jets, you know, went under 10 seconds ago. They elected to punt the ball to the New England Patriots. And Marcus Jones, to his credit, returns it for a big-time punt return for the touchdown with five seconds left in the clock. The only touchdown of this game, Patriots hold on to win 10-3. to And it's, it's a tough loss for the Jets because they go from – potentially being in first place in the division with the win to now falling into last place in the division with the loss. And the season ended today, the Jets would not be in the playoffs. 
So really an excruciating loss for New York. And then to top it all up, now you have rumors that Zach Wilson potentially could be getting benched after, you know, not only the game, you know, how badly they played this past week against New England, but the comments he made after that game, the room, you know, they asked Zach Wilson, do, do the offense, does the offense take blame for that game? And do they feel bad for the defense for, you know, keeping them in the game? And he said, no, flat out. So that really caused a stir in the Jets locker room. And now, you know, with the Jets playing this badly offensively, they're going to have to decide, do we maybe turn back to Joe Flacco? They, he did pretty well in the couple games that he started earlier in the season. Do you turn to maybe Mike White? We saw what he did last season for the Jets before he got hurt. Really some questions to ask for New York, but with your offense having only two yards in the second half of a game total, something has move. to be fixed for the Jets if they're going to have if they're going to make any noise down the stretch of the season in order to make the playoffs. I'm pretty confident that uh, if we got 11 of us, we could probably get two yards. Like, a lot. Yeah, I think I think we can do it. We just do QB sneaks all the way up and down. We can get yeah. we can get more than two yards. Yeah, we we'll get, get at least three yeah. yards. Yeah, we'll get Joe Judge. We'll call him up and uh, tell him how to execute it real quick. Yeah, yeah I mean, we'd be absolutely also, fine. Also, like, you have uh, – if you're Robert Sala, you really don't have a choice. Zach Wilson has put you in a corner. He's lost all respect in that locker room, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you can't not take blame for two yards in a second half of football. The funniest part about all this is Jets fans are so fickle. They will get Mike White, and then they'll be cheering for Joe, Joe Flacco within two weeks if Mike White doesn't perform within two games, and which is really just layers of irony because they were chanting Mike White's name uh, when Joe Flacco was playing against against the Bengals earlier in the season. So Jets fans really are going to be pretty fickle about this. Uh, I don't think they, they have to save you. I mean, they allegedly have a quarterback, and I'm going to say this, and it's not going to be popular. You have oh, to give him time. Even. You have no, to give him don't. time. No, you don't. Not no. Just, I'm sorry. You don't. Because I would agree with you. Has he shown promise and development? And on top of that, he's not showing to be a leader. It's you. It's just weird because he had so much promise after last season. He had a good stretch during last season in which he was making some really good throws and getting a lot of touchdowns. But this season, it's just been a complete 180. It's just, I don't know what has happened to him and they during the offseason. The yeah, they, I mean, they got they got another playmaker in Garrett Wilson. I mean, obviously, Brees Hall going down it really hurt them. But getting James Robinson, you would have figured, would maybe help that offense. But you, you said and it. They're not up, really running the football right now. And they doubled up on getting tight ends. Yes, he drew Zama and um, Tyler Conklin. Yeah, like this is not management or coaching. This comes down to Zach Wilson. I'm sorry. He's not that guy. He's never going to be. Well, it could be also coaching because he's not the only one that can have that attitude. No, no, no. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying it's not only Zach Wilson. There's also been, you know, trade rumors for Denzel Mims wanting out, Elijah Moore wanting out. There's something going on in the organization that is not, you know, sitting well with some of the players. Well, and now with this coming up with Zach Wilson, it's it's going to make it even worse for this team. So they've got to figure something out. They're 6-4 and four in the season. You would have think with all these issues, they'd be under 500. They're still on a chance to make the playoffs. They need to get it fixed right now or else they're not going to have any hope of making the playoffs. And Robert Sala could definitely be on the hot seat if they don't make the well, playoffs this season. Well, Nick, though, hold on. Those two guys you mentioned wanting trades were what position? They're both wide receiver. No, I'm not disagreeing. Listen, I'm not dis- I'm not disagreeing um, look, with you, you on Zach Wilson. When you sit there and look at that, it's two receivers that have wanted out. 
The guy's been incompetent, borderline. Is it coaching? It it still could be coaching. It's possible. It's possible. But what if you can't only play one position? You the no, the coaching has to take accountability for it too. A hundred percent. I agree with you. you. Put all their faith but, into Zach Wilson. So this is on them. A hundred percent. But I'm saying, from somebody looking on the outside, with the attitude that Zach Wilson obviously has, and the fact of he's not producing on the field at all. Like, no, yeah, I, I you blame I the offensive that. coordinator, a hundred percent. Well, the Jets' offensive line also got decimated it, with injuries, yeah, but yeah, hundred percent. The offensive play call in the last couple weeks has not been good. No, since that Bills game, it's been suspect. And even well, they that only Bills have one game, game. The, the, two. The, I thought it was two. No, they, they no. had a bye week. He's literally played like two games. Yeah. But I apologize. Even, but even before the Bills game, he was having the same yeah. struggles. The reason why this wasn't a big issue is because the Jets were winning games, and that was due to the fact that their defense was playing well enough to get them those wins. They beat teams like the Broncos. They're beating some of the bottom-feeding teams in the NFL, so that's why this wasn't a big issue. The fact yeah. that this game happened, and Zach Wilson had nine completions, as Johnson said, they had more punts in this game than they had completions. And Zach Wilson had 77 yards passing for the entire game. It's really bad. It's, Something it's has pathetic. to be fixed soon. It's 100% pathetic. There's got to be a point to where uh, if I'm Salah, um, I'd say you go back to Fla- uh, to Falco. Or Flacco. Oh, my God, Falco. Where's my brain at? He's watching the um, replacements. I actually did watch it this morning. <laughs> That's beside the point. Great movie, by the way. But <laughs> you got to go back to him. He's a vet. He's able to control the offense. And worst case scenario, if he struggles, you go back, you go Mike White. At least he's a little bit more mobile. And I mean, he had a couple pretty good games last season. He had that great game against the Bengals, but then he got injured the, the following week against the Colts, which really derailed that whole type of momentum. But yeah, but Joe Flacco was not bad at the beginning of this season. I mean, there I think obviously the issue. Okay, continue. No, I'm just saying that the Flacco got them, you know, I think they were two and two after he, fin- he finished starting. So, I mean, he put them in a position. He kept them 500. Just him having no, nobi- you know, mobility hurts that team because yeah. their offensive line has been decimated with injuries, as I said earlier, and they need a mobile type of quarterback. And realistically, that's Zach Wilson. But the problem is Zach Wilson can't really run the ball or throw the ball right now, even though he was the leading rusher this week. But with, 26 yards rushing, that's not going to do anything for this team. I say you revisit this around Christmas time. Uh, I, listen, I, you have to roll with Zach Wilson for now, but if he doesn't get it fixed in the next, I don't know, two or three games, you, you got to figure something's got The Jets said everything's on the table right now. You got to have to put it on the table because I wouldn't even you, give him that long. Because you are in this position where you can finally make the playoffs. You have the longest drought, I believe, out of any NFL team we're not making the playoffs right now. They have not made the playoffs, I believe, since 2010. They've got to fix it soon because if they were to blow this opportunity to make the playoffs after such a promising start to the season, it would be really bad, not only on Zach Wilson, but a guy like Robert Sala who came into the season with, you know, Questions of him potentially getting fired, missing the playoffs would certainly make that that seat a little bit warmer than it was, you know, the past couple weeks. 
Yeah. All I'm going to say is... On. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, Jonathan. Go. All I want to do is say is over the next couple of weeks, he's playing the Chicago Bears at home. He should win that game. Um, he's going to play the Vikings and he's going to play the Bills in those next couple of games. So those are games that if you pencil the Jets in right now, they weren't going to win. I don't think they'd win four weeks ago. I don't think they'd win at the beginning of the season. So if he beats the Bears and he loses to the Vikings and Bills, I don't think that's his fault. That's fair. No, I mean, I you, think, like I said, you can't, you got to give him a chance because you, you took him with the number two overall pick, but yeah. What I will say is if he doesn't beat the Bears and if he doesn't beat the Vikings and Bills and then the next two games he loses to the Lions and the Jaguars, then that then that's when you bench him. But then at, by that point, the season is over. Point, and, uh, no, you can't said, do that. Season, you, you would have you to bench him earlier that. than that. It would have to be earlier than that. You bet if he doesn't lose, if he doesn't beat the Bears, and even if he beats the Bears but has a poor performance, I'd consider benching him. Because I thought that they, they would bench him even if they won the game. If they lose, if they lose the he, game, that yeah. there's a diff, that's a different story. If they lose that game, he has to be benched. Well, that's for Robert Sala and the Jets organization to fi- uh, figure out. I uh, want to head into this next game. Really enjoyed, and I want to talk about the uh, the other division, the NFC East. Let's talk about the Eagles' 10-point comeback versus the Colts late in the fourth quarter on this past Sunday. Th- this hurt me. I wanted to see the Colts win this game. You and every NFC East fan oh, definitely want to see that. Oh, definitely not. Why? Well, well, Ma- you're, Matty Ice looked like he was rejuvenated. He's a fan that they don't like the Colts. Yeah, well, Colts I mean, are a crybaby organization. They deserve everything. They got yeah, two generational quarterbacks. They got no, no. We didn't squander no, they, the, Col- the Colts. The Colts definitely deserve this for what they did to Andrew Luck. That's hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with them with that. No, 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 no. And they deserve for what they did to Peyton Manning too. They deserve. They deserve this. He had a neck injury. Yeah, but oh, that, really? That... Really? Why did he get the neck injury, Grayson? <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe it was that Colts, Colts offensive line that was so good all those years, huh? Hey, after they lost, after they lost Jeff Saturday, it all went downhill. Well, anyway, we'll get back to this game. The Eagles going on the road to take on the Colts, and you said it, Johnson. The Eagles are one point down, ten points going into the fourth quarter. But the Eagles, you know, to their credit, played enough good defense down the stretch of this game to hold off the Colts and win this one on a last-second touchdown from Jalen Hurts to win this one 17-16. Eagles now go to 9-1 and on the season, which to my dismay is happening. But for, but the Eagles are playing some good football right now. They bounced back after that loss to the Commanders. The Colts, you thought maybe after that win against the Raiders, they would get another big win right here. They had a lot of opportunities in this game to do so, but they just squandered it at the end. They dropped a 4-6-1. Their, their playoff hopes starting to dwindle and dwindle now even more by the minute. And for the Eagles, they're trying to lock up that home field advantage for this year's NFC playoffs. Well, only time's going to tell down the stretch of the season, but this is a big win for Philly as Nick Sirianni, as he said, got this win for the former Colts head coach, Frank Reich. Yeah, that was a really great moment. I'm not an Eagle fan, but that was really nice to see him going up to that coaching staff on the sideline, screaming at him, saying that was for Frank. I mean, I don't like him either. I don't like Frank either, but that was something. I don't know. I, I kind of like to see that. Even though I don't like the Colts, I don't like Frank Reich either, but it was nice to see. I like that. Yeah, I think it's just the tumultuous time right now in Indianapolis, too. I mean, they're still wondering who the quarterback of this team is. Is Matt Ryan going to stay the quarterback for the rest of the season. It looks like it at 
It looks like it right now just because of how bad Sam Ellinger was during his stretch of playing. I mean, we've seen at least the good, the good thing about the Colts right now is that Jonathan Taylor at least is starting to finally emerge to what we saw last season from him. But at the end of the day, it's just been a bad time for the Colts. And now another loss here really puts them in a bad spot. They got an upcoming primetime game against the Steelers. We'll see if they can bounce back. But like I said, for the Eagles, this is a big-time win coming off that that bad loss to Washington, and they're able to sneak out a win on the road. Now they have another. Now they have a primetime game as well this week, taking on the Packers. They could go to ten and one with the win. So for Philly, big-time momentum on the road against Indianapolis. We'll see how they do this upcoming weekend against Green Bay. You know what? Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see this game. I don't think that I don't think the Eagles are that good. I've said this for a little bit. They're struggling against mediocre teams. They haven't really had that signature win so far. Maybe against the Vikings. Maybe. But uh, if that's their best win, uh, good for them. But I think it's going to be interesting going forward to see how the Eagles react uh, when they finally get more situations like this. This was a good te- test, but come to playoffs, we'll be able to pull it off when it's actually good teams in front of them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that. They're a solid team, but like, uh, I agree. I, I just don't think they've been tested enough. This is a good we'll, scenario, we'll though. It's a good scenario versus a bad team. So well, this yeah. is probably the this is a really good. Te- I, I don't want to say test, but really good scenario, really good practice run for them on how they should react well, to a situation like this. I was just about to say it's it's good to see. I mean, uh, not good, but I mean, because I don't want to see the Eagles win, but. Good for them to be able to make that adjustment and not be too worried about the moment. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Jalen Hurts putting him in that situation. He's an early NFL quarterback. Still has a lot to learn. And being tested like that early in the season before the postseason, or I should say midway through the season before the postseason, it's definitely a good thing for them because, hey, I mean, come the postseason, come week – Week 18, week, week 19, you're in the playoffs, and it's goal time now. You're playing the Niners, and they're up by 10, and you need to, you need to react fast or your season's going to be over, and it's uh, going to be interesting to see how, this, how they react going forward. Well, speaking of a team you know, reacting after a couple of like excruciating losses, how about the Buffalo Bills? Obviously, you had the big snow, you know, snowfall that they had this past weekend. With all having to, you know, this game having to be moved to Detroit now due to the fact that Orchard Park was basically not playable at all. So the Bills having to go to Detroit to take on the Cleveland Browns. Bills coming off two straight losses, obviously, to the Jets and then the Vikings. And for Cleveland, it's been a bad season for them already. So they were looking to potentially pull off a major upset. And to their credit, they kept this game close. They, you know, were in it through the end. But the Bills did just enough to win this game, hanging on. 31 to 23. Josh Allen looked pretty solid in this game. You know, starting to see him get back to the old rhythm that we saw earlier in the year. 18 for 27, 197 yards on the touchdown. The Bills were able to run the ball very well in this game as well. Devin Singletary had 18 for 86 on the touchdown. We saw James Cook also have a pretty good game. He had 11 for 86. And the biggest key to the game for the Buffalo Bills containing Nick Chubb. Chubb had 14 carries for 19 yards in this game. Buffalo did a fantastic job stopping the Cleveland Browns run game, which has really been, you know, their bread and butter for most of the season. It's hand the ball on Nick Chubb and pray for the best. 
They were not able to do that in this game. Buffalo gets a big, much-needed win to go to 7-3 on the season. Meanwhile, the Browns, they drop to 3-7 and seven as they still await for Deshaun Watson to return from his suspension. Um, I mean, that's kind of been the the motto for the Browns for a couple of years now is just give the ball to Chubb. Chubb yeah. And, yeah. Fremont. Um, He's another guy that carries the team. Yeah, oh, 100%. He literally carries that team. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the Bills played well. Uh, Singletary's starting to look more of a a running back than just a receiving back. But early on in this game, I don't know if you noticed this, but Stefan Diggs was pissed. He didn't even have a target for a long time in this game. Yeah. He was furious at points, it looked like. Yeah, other than that one touchdown he had towards the end of the first half, this was definitely really, his worst, you know. Definitely oh, his really worst performance of the season. Definitely his poorest Absolutely. performance of the season. That's probably his worst perf- performance since he got the Buffalo in general. I, I, um, I, I will go on a, out on a limb and agree with you. I can't say I have everything in front of you, but yeah. I, I have no actual facts on that. I'm just saying, like, from my memory of, like, his games, and I've had him in fantasy for a long time, so um, I can't imagine him having our game like that. It it was surprising, but at the same time, you could see Josh Allen still isn't fully back to normal yet. Like the you can tell, the, as many you chances can tell that he's still kind of injured, so they're trying to play it. Yeah. You know. They're trying to kind of game manage it with with Allen, where they're doing some you know short dump offs yeah, and passes, and they're running the ball a lot more. But this is big for the Bills because they really oh, need huge. that running game to get involved. Because if not, they could have easily potentially lost this game to a Browns team that has been really bad this season. Agreed. Uh, right now, you can just see that they're not taking that deep shot as much as they normally do, which is good. For a lot of reasons, in my opinion, it gets your running backs involved. Like, let Singletary run. Let's see what he can really do when you let him have bulk carries. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cook had a very good game. It If they're able to control the ball on the ground enough, that's just going to open up so much for them passing. Like, and if Allen's healthy... With Diggs and Knox and Davis, like it, that's an offense you just don't want to mess with when they're clicking on all cylinders. And that defense is not a joke either. It's a really damn good defense. When yeah. that team's really healthy, they're, they're dangerous. They're really dangerous. And listen, if they're able to maybe potentially sign Odell Beckham, that just makes that offense even more scarier. Oh so, I mean, there's still time to tell what's going to happen for Buffalo, but they really need this win after the two straight losses. This is definitely something that they can get back on track. And now with the game against the Lions this upcoming Thursday, a win in Detroit for the second straight game would be very, very nice for this team as they can jump to 8-3 and three in the season. Okay, I want to go over the NFC North now. Uh, we have to talk about this game, but we're not going to talk about it that long. The game was <sighs> over by halftime. Cowboys absolutely destroying the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, I think, losing his first noon game of the year. He falls to 8-1 in noon games and 0-1 primetime games. I mean, it wasn't a noon noon game. No, this was a 4 o'clock game. This is a 4 o'clock game. I should say afternoon game. 
But uh, that's still prime time for Kirk, obviously. Well, you gotta think about it, Grayson. <laughs> as soon as five o'clock hit, the the you know it's starting to get away. Away. Get dark, so I, th- I think that's starting also, to settle uh, in well, on Kirk. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna apologize to the Viking fans. My father bet the Vikings. Anybody that knows my father is he is the biggest mush going. Yeah, and, that makes uh, sense. I should have did the we right to, thing. We need to get his weekly picks so that we can take the opposite. Hey, of it. look, I'll start again. We'll call it Jerry's picks. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get his picks in every week from now on. Well, like Johnson said, not really not much about this game. Obviously, the Cowboys just dominated from the get go. It went into the halftime of twenty three to three, and it was it was done. It got to the point where it was so bad that CBS turned the game off and switched to the Steelers and Bengals game in the third mid, five, with five minutes left in the third quarter. That's how bad this one got. And you said it. Kirk Cousins did not have a big game. Only one hundred and five yards passing. He got sacked seven times by that Cowboy defense. They had been very good this year. They had a really big setback against the Green Bay Packers. But they came to play against a, a Vikings team coming off a big time win against the Buffalo Bills the previous week. Dak Prescott looked very well as, in this game as well. And you got to give credit Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott both ran the ball efficiently enough to give the Cowboys a blowout win 40 to 3 the final. They go to 7 and 3. They'll play the Giants this upcoming Thursday on Thanksgiving. And the Vikings also have a Thanksgiving game this weekend, but it's in prime time. So keep that in mind. They're taking on the New England Patriots in the nightcap on Thursday. So that could be another trap game for for Minnesota. The only thing I want to say say about this game is I I think Tony Pollard has evolved into a true running back one. He is a true starting running back, I think, on half the NFL. And given the chance, I think he would shine like this every single week. Um. I, I think, think it's a very fair point. Yeah. Um, but I do think Zeke also gives them that still a rougher. It's a dynamic. Dude. More aggre- a more of an aggressive runner. Yeah. Like uh, he's more uh, of the power back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, Zeke's the guy. If you if you're fourth and one and you need a yard and you're just gonna shove it up there. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He's the guy you want. Uh, he's so a, Tony he's Pollard. He's, if he's Tony Pollard's finesse guy. Yeah, I, I would rather see Zeke going in between the tackles than Pollard. Pollard, I feel, is more of a long get outside. Like a CMC type guy. Yeah, but I, CMC is still capable of going up the middle, though. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean, though. No. I, passing back. I was, I was going to say more of a Cordero Patterson type. But, yeah, 100%. It, but, I mean, I like Pollard a lot. Um you're right. He probably would be a starter in, I wouldn't say half the NFL, but definitely a good quarter. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a shame, but he, he's showing his value. I mean, listen, I'm not. I I I've, I don't know his current contract situation as it is. If he is a free agent this upcoming season, I mean, he's going to get a big time contract with any team because there's going to be teams that are going to be wanting to get a you know yeah, a premier running back up, like Pollard. I mean, yeah, but we got to remember with Devin Singletary starting to emerge the last couple of weeks, they might not need to look at running back right now. But you could be right. Maybe Buffalo does take a, a you know a gander and look at him potentially being the new starting running back. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually agree. I think Singletary's probably staying there as a their number one back. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I, 
it's a it's a very uh, interesting situation there in Dallas with that running back group. Okay, I want to go into the last two games. Uh, Kansas City defeating the Chargers on a last minute touchdown. Travis Kelsey having himself another day. I thought this would be the Chargers finally when they. I, I thought this would be a game where the Chargers finally slay their demons and they beat the Chiefs and they finally move on the greener pastures but Travis Kelsey you just can't stop him he's definitely probably the best tight end of the, not, I'm going to say the best tight end of the last 10 years but probably either number 1 or number 2 you could probably say at this he's point 1A I think he's 1A 1B with Gronk right now for the last 10 years yeah I think that's definitely fair to say I mean I think the only thing that holds Gronk back was his injury issues yeah but- at his absolute peak Gronk was better, but longevity-wise, Kelsey is better. Oh, yeah. Also, Kelsey's... What I will say, though, is I saw this argument today. I was on Twitter. Um, but if you look at Kelsey's numbers to Gronk's, Gronk wasn't getting the amount of targets Touches. that no, Kelsey gets. But Gronk also had more touchdowns and averages more yards per reception. So, like... The whole argument of, oh, would you rather have Gronk or Kelsey? Personally, I'm taking Gronk, but Kelsey's a really, really good tight end. He's probably one of the best tight no, ends. Even to be in that conversation, you have to be one of the most elite tight ends at your position. He might be Patrick one of the best. Yeah, he might be one of the best tight ends we see for a really long time. Like, the guy's elite. Yeah, I mean, having Patrick Mahomes force feed your ball definitely helps as well. But um, again, uh, Chargers need to get healthy, and they started to show some emergence with Keenan Allen. He had himself a day. Uh, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, almost 100 yards with nine receptions. I believe it was 94 yards. He finished with five catches for 94 yards on the day. So Allen, did, yeah, you're right. Big time get for them to get him back. They also had Mike Williams come back in this game, but he once again got injured during the game. So kind of like how the Patriots were with David Andrews. They finally get him back, and then he just goes right back down. So we're not sure the severity of his injury at the current moment. But that's a big loss for the Chargers if they lose him. Getting Keenan Allen definitely helps. But you saw the emergence of Joshua Palmer also in this game as well. He had eight for 106 and two touchdowns, including the touchdown that put them ahead with 146 left in the game. And it looked like at that point the Chargers were going to pull off with the win. But to your credit, and like you said earlier, Johnson, the Chiefs just marched down the field. Kelsey gets the touchdown with 31 seconds left. It was his third touchdown of the game. And the Chiefs hang on for a big win to go with 8-2 in the season. Chargers with the loss now fall to 5-5. Five and five, So they're pretty much now falling away from potentially winning this division. And now for them, they're now a, a full game back in the wild card too. So they really, as you said, need to get healthy now more than ever if they're going to make the playoffs this season. Because if not, then Brandon Staley could definitely be fired by season's end. I think he should be fired in general either way. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, the Chargers team has a ton of potential. I mean, their defense has a ton of big names on it. The offense has a ton of big names. Um, It's frustrating watching them play, honestly, because you see how much talent there is. And it's just... They find ways... They're a team that finds ways to lose games, not... That's been the Chargers' motto for the past decade honestly they just find yeah, a way to 100%. lose like it, it, it's crazy like, it's kind of frustrating honestly yeah if you're a target this is fan, a team I mean, that i think universally 
I don't think anyone really hates the Chargers. Even if you're no. a Broncos fan or if just, you're a Raiders yeah, fan. I think you just feel bad at this rate. Yeah, like, the, you don't want to see them win, but you don't want to see them like this. Like Absolutely not. <laughs> it, like, how do you find ways to lose all these games? <sighs> Doesn't matter the situation. They just find ways. It, it's inc- It's incredible. It really is. All right, and to cap off our NFL reveal of the past week, we have we go to Mexico City with a really, really highly anticipated matchup at the beginning of the year, Niners-Cardinals, but what turned out to be less than satisfactory with the 49ers absolutely curb-stomping the Cardinals, probably putting them out of playoff contention and probably get, firing Cliff Kingsbury by the end of the year. 38-10, this game was over by the half. Nick, give me your analysis. Um, pretty much this game, you knew it was going to be a wrap when you had the, you heard the news that Kyler Murray was not going to start the game. So that alone already did not make me believe in the Cardinals. So Colt McCoy, listen, as a Giants fan, I still love Colt McCoy for what he did to, for 2020 for the Giants. So he still holds a place in my heart. But you just knew damn well that the Cardinals were not going to have a chance to win this game with him starting. He didn't play not he didn't play that terribly, but by the end of the game, they gave Trace McSorley a shot, and he didn't really do that great as well. So you could tell the Cardinals really need Kyler Murray to, to you know, play right now. There's rumors he might not come back till week 13, so that really could hurt Arizona. But for the Niners, this is a good time for them. I mean, they got the win last week against the Chargers. Now they get a dominating win in Mexico City against the Cardinals. They're now 6-4 and four in the year. They're starting to look like that team that potentially could make that push to potentially being a Super Bowl favorite for the NFC this season, because people are still wondering, are the Eagles for real? Are the Vikings for real? Right now, realistically, we don't know who is the best team in the NFC, but the Niners, if they keep playing the way they did this past Monday, they could look like that team to beat. Yeah, I mean, without Kyler, it's it wasn't a fair matchup, honestly. Um, he's too busy probably playing Warzone. Uh, but the 49ers are just a really strong team. The The addition of CMC and Debo being healthy is just, it's deadly, honestly. Well, the Niners, it's, uh, this is going to be, the NFL is similar to the MLB, meaning that come the postseason, all teams are equal. You just have to get there. And the Niners are going to be one of those teams that slip in, you know, they're probably going to be the fourth seed or maybe the third seed, depending on how they finish. And they're going right. to absolutely yeah. demolish people in the playoffs. They're going to, because of the uh, one, the late edition of CMC, or I the midseason edition of CMC. And Jimmy G, once again, being their quarterback, which wasn't expected to be of the year. Yeah, that, that really helps them. He, he's. He's honestly perfect for that team, in my opinion. When you say leadership is a skill you cannot measure, Jimmy G has leadership. Yes, he may not have the strongest arm. May he, he probably isn't the best uh, play overall caller. quarterback. Yeah, he's probably he's probably perfectly average. If there are thirty two starting quarterbacks, Jimmy G just, is probably sixteen. But he I'm has just that leadership because I know Johnson's gritting while saying all of this right now oh, about yeah. Jimmy G. But Jimmy G, he, know, he knows how to win games, and the guys in the locker room love playing with him. And that's what matters the most at the end of the day. 
if if also if Debo and Brandon Ayuk and Nick Bosa and CMC whoever says this is our guy, that means a lot. No, I agree with that. That's fair. But that's what I mean. Not trying to go back into the episode, but that's what I was more or less saying about Zach Wilson, like losing when you lose the faith of your teammates. Yeah, you lose it's a locker room. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say losing a locker room, but because, like, you know, especially for a guy. Well, it for, seems like the offense and the defense are both mad at him. But well, well, yeah, besides, he's on a different, besides he's that, he's on a different. I'm not. I'm, I'm not talking trying, on, I'm I'm talking a normal. I'm talking a normal quarterback situation. Most of the time, the defense and the quarterback don't really have that much interaction. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. Jimmy G is going to do what Jimmy G does. They they're just going to hope that when they get into the playoffs, he continues to make the right decisions with the ball. And I mean, this team's got a chance of winning a damn Super Bowl. Absolutely, and I think with that we can wrap this up and head to our NFL preview of this upcoming week. And we're looking for people to give us an opinion on what this segment should be called. If you're new here, we're going to give our picks, either the over, under, the money line, the spread, whatever you want to get, our gambling picks for the week. We're looking for a name for this segment. And if you're out there, you can DM us on Instagram or write to us on whatnot or any other social media that we have. And we're looking for a name to, for this segment. So if you have a good name for this, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, let's get into the first game of the week. Three games this Thursday for Thanksgiving. The first one being the Buffalo Bills staying in Detroit after that game against the Browns. They now are on the road for this one, obviously, as they take on the Detroit Lions. Current spread line for the spread for this game, Buffalo minus nine and a half, with the over under being fifty-four points. Who would like to take a stab at that one first? Oh sorry. Um give me the Lions plus nine and a half. I like the way the Lions have been playing the last couple of weeks. Um, I think the Bills being in Detroit for two weeks might play a factor. Um, you know, the, they weren't able to fly home, were they? Or they end up flying home? I don't. The Bills? No, they they stayed in Detroit. They, they stayed, right? Yeah. That's, there, there, that's there's, no, there's no okay. point to flying back. There, I, I saw rumors that they were looking about flying home, but so they stayed. I'm sticking with my point. I, I think them being in Detroit for this long might play a factor. Um, I'm going to go with the opposite. I'm going to fade you. I'm going to say Buffalo minus nine and a half. I think them being in Detroit even longer is going to help them. They already played on the field last week. They're familiar with it now. They're not going to have any jet lag. They've been well rested. When you go to a new city, what a lot of these guys like to do, they like to go out and hang out. They've already been there for a week now, so that mystique is already gone. So I think they'll be well rested. The uh, the outside distractions of going out and having a good time, they're not going to be there. And I think the lines are kind of helter-skelter. They're good one week, uh, bad the next. So I think it's going to be one of those weeks where they look completely lost. And I think they're going to lose, and I think Buffalo's going to cover. Uh, wait, Nick, before you give your pick, Johnson, with that fact, though, my thing is they've been sleeping on hotel beds. There's something about going they're not, home. They're not mining your hotel beds, Bill. They're, no, they're nice hotels. That. No, I understand that. But no matter what, 
sleeping in your own bed and being able to be at home comfortable for a week plays a difference, especially for, I feel like, for these guys. They're normally not away from home for this long outside of training camp. Welcome to the All Gas, No Break show where we have conversations about hotel beds for gambling. (laughs) It's a potential factor, that's all I'm saying. Is, Is there a problem? No. That's why I think the sec- the segment should be called DGens Are Us. Anyway, when it comes when I come down to it, my pick for this game is the over fifty four. Both these offenses are playing really good right now, and Buffalo really struggled against the Cleveland Browns offense last week. So I like the Lions right now offensively. They're starting to you know hit a, a stride with their offense, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. And if I'm Ross St. Brown can get into the open field, he can make some big noise in this game. So my favorite play of this one is the over, but Buffalo should win this game. All right, there you have it. So let's go into our second game on Thanksgiving. Giants going to Jerry World. Current spread is currently Cowboys 9, minus 9, and the over-under is at 45.5. So it's Giants going to the Cowboys, Cowboys minus 9, over-under at 45.5. Who wants to start? Um... I guess I mean I guess we might as well just always start with me if that's right. Um this is tough. Because internally I really want to say Giants plus nine. But after what they just put up against the Lions and the amount of injuries this team has taken, I'd actually even go as far as doing Cowboys minus like twelve and a half. Like the so this is potentially be a good yeah, I guess I'll roll with that. I'm only going to go alternate spread minus 12 and a half. Um, it, I just, the Cowboys are playing really good football right now. And the Giants are just so injured. It, it's tough to see them being able to com- fully compete in this game. So my logic behind this uh, pick is I'm going to th- take Giants, uh, Giants plus nine. And my logic behind this pick is no matter what game it is, no matter who's better, what stadium, what year, Giants-Cowboys are always an interesting game. It's always a close game, or at least 90% of the time. It's never really a large blowout favoring one team. So I think they're giving the Giants one too many points right here. So I'm going to take Giants plus nine. I, my heart can't pick the Cowboys in a Giants game because it's just so – it's just disgusting on my part. So I'm going to also lean towards Johnson. I'm going to take Giants plus nine, nine and a half, whatever it's currently listed at right now. I, you're right. The, these games always stay competitive. I think the Giants, they have to just get back to what they've been doing all season. That's running the football. They weren't able to do that last weekend. If they can do it against the Cowboys, they'll stay in this game and milk a lot of time off the clock which will help them stay close at the end of the game. But if I had to pick, obviously, I think the Cowboys are the better team. I think they're going to win the game. But for my sake, I'm hoping the Giants can keep it close and maybe potentially pull off a major upset. Nick, I I didn't want to have to do it, but if you're sitting here looking at it... It's not. It's on paper. It's not good for the Giants right now. It's looking tough. Uh, All right. Let's go to our next game. My pick, of my favorite game of the week, Patriots Obviously. at Minnesota in prime time on Thanksgiving. Kirk Cousins' worst nightmare. 
line is Minnesota minus two and a half, over under at 42 and a half. Grayson, I guess you got to start us off. Oh, God, do I do it? Oh, God, that offense is so abysmal. All right. I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots. Give me the fucking points. Because you know what? This goddamn guy, Kirk Cousins, cannot play past 1 o'clock. I don't trust him. I, I just can't. All right, and Nick, your pick, please. Uh, see, now we're in an interesting spot because I was a favorite of New England for this game, but now everyone has taken New England. The, now, the issue being is that I did this. This I happened last weekend. I haven't given my pick. Yeah, we know we, know, we, 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 we know where you're going with this. I'm going to take New England as well in this game. I'll take the money line. I think it's a mix of things. Obviously, Kirk on primetime is not a good factor. I think that New England defense is going to cause a problem for Minnesota. They just gave up seven sacks to Dallas. Now they got to take on New England, who's had a you know Matthew Judon has had a monster year for the Patriots this season. Hey, Could be Judon well on his way to potential sacks record. record. Yeah, exactly. Pressure. Yeah, definitely has the potential to break the sacks record this season. So I think that, and you know, coming off a embarrassing loss this past weekend. The Patriots just had an emotional win against the Jets. I think everything's going right for New England at the perfect time. Meanwhile, for the Vikings, this is, you know, coming off a a bad loss like that, that could really dwell on them. I think that's going to happen this week. I take New England Monday line. All right, there we go. So I'm going to go into our next game, probably the most interesting game we have on our schedule right here. Bengals on the road going to Tennessee. Current spread is Bengals one and a half, so they're favorites on the road. Over-unders at 42.5. Grayson, let's start us off. Um, For me in this game, it's going to come down to if Joe Mixon's healthy or not. Okay, um, that's a very good analysis. Still no word on if him yet. Mixon's, I haven't seen anything yet. If Mixon's playing, I'm leaning towards the Bengals. Um, but I think without Mixon, the Titans will just find a way to win this game. So, I'll... Can we do this? Can I go with, with no, that's fair. in the lineup? No, that's fair. Yeah, that's, no, that's I, fair. Want, I want the Bengals minus three if Mixon's in the lineup. But if he's not, I'm taking the Titans straight. Only because we're recording so far in advance. Um, had I seen a report, I would have no, that's, been this able is a to fair make analysis. a more consensus I will give you this. Pick, but... I will give it, because you don't have to place this bet until five minutes before the game starts, so that's fair. Correct. All right, Nick, what do you got? I'm going to take – I think the Bengals win this game even if Mixon doesn't play. The biggest storyline for me going into this game is if Jamar Chase is going to play or not. Because there's rumors that he's starting to get healthier and they're trying to, you know, lean him back into the offense now throughout the past couple weeks. So there's a potential that he could play in this game. Even if Mixon does play, the Titans are one of the best teams in the National Football League and rushing yards allowed, 82.2 yards allowed per game. So even if Mixon does play, I'm not sure the Bengals are going to really be able to run the football. It's really going to come down to is can the Bengals get enough passing, you know, out of their offense if Jamar Chase plays or doesn't play. 
If Chase does play, the Bengals will have a field day. But if he doesn't, it's really going to hurt their chances of winning this game. So I'm going to take the Bengals to win this game outright. But if Chase is not going to play, that could really hurt them at the end of the day. Okay, so you can take Bengals money line no matter what? Yeah, I'll take Bengals money line no matter what. Okay. Probably the most important game for the Jets this season upcoming. We have the Bears on the road going into MetLife Stadium. Current over-under is Jets minus 4.5. They are home favorites. Over-under at 39.5. Grayson, start us off. (laughs) Oh, God. This game is so disgusting. No way going to watch this game. You'd be an idiot, too. It's going to be pathetic football. Um, oh God. Who's starring for the Bears this week? So the, that's Justin still Fields. the question. Justin Fields right now has a dislocated shoulder, but he still could play this week. If he doesn't play, it's most likely going to be Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon or Zach Wilson? Oh, fuck me. Um... Give me the Jets, uh, just straight because I can't lay points, and this so game Jets might money line. go under. Okay, so Jets money Jets line, money line under. Okay, so you have the Jets money line and under thirty nine point five. Okay, Nick, give us your pick. I, I for life can, me cannot pick any of these teams. I'll tell you this: if Justin Fields plays this game. I actually like the Bears a lot. I, I know it's crazy to say because of how you know bad their season has been, but the one constant for the Bears the last couple of weeks is that Justin Fields has been amazing for this offense. Now, the issue being is if he doesn't play, their offense is going to be absolutely terrible with Trevor Simeon. Don't disrespect Trevor Simeon, but it won't the be Bears' the offense, last, it's just not the same with just because of the fact of how Justin Fields has been able to run the last couple of weeks. So the only play I like for this game, I think, is what Grayson – Kind of did. I'm not going to take the money line. I will take the under for this game. All right. So we have the under 39.5. I'm going to take Bears plus 4.5 this game. I'm sick of a lot of games. I'm not really picking the over under because I'm kind of more confident in my picks this week. Went 5 and 3 last week. So I'm going to kind of be a little bit more adventurous right now. Pick pick more of an over unders this week and pick more underlines, more, uh, more spreads, more points. Yeah. I like Bears plus four and a half. The uh, Jets, if they do squeak this out, it's going to be very close. And I think the Bears, no matter who they have it in that quarterback, they're going to keep it close. Uh, the Jets have a history of just letting the other team, the most inopportune moment, just come in and just blow them out. But I don't think the well, Bears are going to blow them out. I well, think remember, Johnson, now. the infamous coin has the Bears pit winning this week. That so, is very true. It's undefeated this gotta season. Keep that in mind. It is undefeated right now, and the Bears are supposed to win this game according to the coin. So let's keep that. That's that's just um, the. So also, he's even more. He's something even more bold. I think the coin is wrong, but the Bears still cover. I think that's the bold. That's the bold prediction of the week. That's fair. Um, also, a you know, a side note here: G Money has taken the Bears. Oh boy! So you're telling me I, the Bears are about to lose I by think fifty points? They, that's not good. Yeah. Well, I can't change it now. I'm already on the record, so I'm just going to move over to the Falcons and Commies for the next game. Okay, so we have the Atlanta Falcons on the road versus the Washington Commanders. Washington is the home 
home favorite at minus four, and the over under is at forty two. Grayson, um, start us off. I'm taking Washington minus seven. Washington minus seven. He's just going alternate spread. I love my alternate spreads, baby. Um, I'm really confident. I, I think Washington's been playing a lot better football ever since you know they actually decided they want to have a real co- uh, quarterback start. Um, but I, I just I don't trust Atlanta. I, I don't trust Mariota. I mean, Cordero Patterson being back has helped, but I just Pitts is out now, which. I mean, they really weren't using him anyway, but he was. was fin- they were starting to finally throw to him, and then yeah. it gets it's terrible. He's but in, also, he's it was of more of a. I think they were using him a lot as a diversion, right? You know, focus on him so you don't, you know, let a guy like Drake London get open. Drake London gets exactly, but like with, with Pitts going down, now they're going to be focusing on Drake London, focusing more on Cordero. I just. I feel like Washington's going to come out and win this game and win it by at least a touchdown. So, um, all right, Nick, with it. give me your pick. Um, I'm going to take the Washington Commanders money line. Washington has been playing a lot better uh, as of late. They're starting to hit a great stride into the season. And the Falcons, you know, they got a nice win last weekend against the Chicago Bears, but. I think the loss of Kyle Pitts is going to be – I still think it's going to be big, very crucial for this team. They really could use that tight end, and now losing him really could hurt that offense. So I think Washington, at the end of the day, I think their defense is going to step up the most. I think they'll take advantage of that injury, and they'll come out with a W this upcoming Sunday. All right, so I agree with both of you. I think Washington is going to win this. However, I think the Falcons are going to cover in this situation. The Falcons finally have something to play for. They're right behind the Buccaneers to get into the playoffs. So I believe half a game uh, behind them, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're five and six, and the Bucks are five and five. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. The the Commanders. Wait, what, what was the question? One more time. Sorry. I believe the Falcons are half a game behind the uh, the Bucks for the spot in the playoffs. Yes, the the Buccaneers are five and five. Atlanta is five and six. Correct. Beautiful. So I think that they finally have something to play for, and they can actually they can smell the playoffs. And this is a very winnable game, probably the most one of the most winnable games on the remaining schedule. So if they want to make the playoffs, even have a shot to make the playoffs, this is the game that they're, they're going to have to win. They're finally starting to gel a little bit better. I'm not really a big believer in Marcus Mariota or anyone on the Falcons, but I think they can pull this off. So I'm going to take Falcons plus four. So I would agree with you with Washington money line, but I think the Falcons do cover. I don't think I think Washington minus seven is a little bold. That's fair. But let's head into our next game. Green Bay Packers on the road going to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia uh, to play the Eagles. Eagles home favorites at minus seven over under 46 and a half. Grayson, start us off. Uh, Eagles minus seven. I'd love to go an alternate spread, but I'm probably going to jinx them. Um, and they win cover. So Eagles minus seven. Over 46 and a half because I think they might put up 40 by themselves. Because <laughs> this Packers team is just a joke. There's right. not really much to say. All right. I, I, hey, it's not really the biggest game of the week. We already kind of covered those. These are just the kind of remaining games. Nick, give me your thoughts. 
I'm going to take the Packers plus 10. If I, I'm going to do an alternate spread for that one. I think the Eagles should win this game. My concern is is that it's going to be close because they haven't played good the last two weeks. You're starting to see a little bit, you know, cracks in the structure for this Eagles defense. They struggled last week against the Colts. They struggled the week before that against the Commanders. The Packers have to run the football in this game if they're going to have any chance to keep it close. I think they could I think at the end of the day they're going to keep it close. My only concern is is plus 7 Good enough? I don't know. I see, I could easily see them losing by a touchdown. I could also see them losing by eight. But I could also see them losing by a field goal. I, th- this is a really tough game to decide because the Eagles haven't been playing as of well as the last two weeks. Green Bay has been an up-and-down team the entire season. So if I had to pick one for this game, I'll take the Packers plus 10 alternate. Okay. So, I'm Nick, I'm the same realm as you. I'm going to take Packers plus seven. Uh... A little bit more conservative than you, but or a little bit less, a little bit more liberal than you. But I'm gonna take yeah. Packers plus seven. Think they can That's win by a touchdown, or I'm sorry, lose by a touchdown. I don't think the Eagles' offense is that high powered as everyone thinks. So I think the final score is gonna look something more like of uh, seventeen to ten, or twenty to thirteen, or you know, even 27 to 17. So I think the Packers even push or just cover. And I'm also going to take the under this game, first under of the uh, of the day. So I'm going to take under 46 and a half because I don't trust either of these offenses. I think Christian Watson has used up all his touchdown coupons for the last couple of weeks, and I don't think he's going to get any more <sighs> this week. Not. I'm sorry, him this week. I hope not. Listen, man, he had five and two. Tough start. He had five That's... and two weeks, man. He... Uh, He's got a aggressive mean. I don't think he gets. He was got a good day. secondary. That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough matchup Look, for him. Man, I'm dealing with injuries. Okay. I wish you best of luck in your fantasy matchup, but I wouldn't bank on touchdowns. Maybe receptions. All I'll right. take receptions. Receptions work. Yeah, those are absolutely and probably the worst game of the week. Steelers oh, on the road. The, the Jets Bears game is definitely the worst game. I don't know. This don't is prime know. This, time. This, this Monday night game is not a good one. Only New Yorkers and people in Chicago have to watch that game, but everyone, everyone in America has to watch this game, which is going to make it terrible. Pittsburgh Steelers leaving Heinz Field, going on the road to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis to play the Colts. Colts are two and a half point favorites at home. Over unders at thirty nine. Grayson, what do you have? Um, this is actually a lot tougher of a decision for me because. Najee's started to actually like run the ball pretty well again. Um, but I'm going to take the Colts, but I'm going to alternate spread to minus seven. Um, that's a that's a ballsy one. Wow. Okay. I, I I just like the way the Colts have been playing. I mean, they they easily could beat the Eagles last week, and the Steelers are nowhere near as good of a team as the Eagles. So I just I could totally see that as a potential, uh, you know, touchdown win. All right, Nick. So Grayson, you could, your pick is Colts minus seven, correct? I believe that's where I believe that's what he said. I think he's going Colts alternate spread for this game. Okay, so I'll put enough of Colts minus seven. And Nick, your analysis, please. All right, the best play of this game is the under. Because these are two of the worst scoring offenses in the National Football League. That's one. I'm actually going to give you a winner, too. 
I like the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. I think they're starting to get a lot of momentum off. They, you know, they had a good game offensively last week against the Bengals, and TJ Watt coming back for this defense helps them a bunch. I think he's going to play a huge factor into this game, and I really could think the Steelers can go on the road and sneak a, a game against the Colts, and a, a Colts team that's you know coming off a tough loss against the Eagles the past week. I think the Steelers could really pull this one off, but as you said, Johnson, this is not going to be a game for anyone really that really likes football. This could be terrible. All right, so Nick, your official is Pittsburgh money line and the Pittsburgh under Pittsburgh money line and the under. Yep. All right, so I you took the words right out of my mouth. Pittsburgh under. I'm sorry, under thirty nine. I'm not picking a winner because this is this is just mad. I can't pick a win this game. I think America loses, but so there's gonna be no win this game. <laughs> yeah, America is losing with this game. But like you said, these are both defense oriented teams. If that's how you want to put it, uh, there is no offense to be found outside Jonathan Taylor and maybe Najee Harris on both sides. Kenny Pickett, while he has been improving, has a lot. He still has a lot left to be desired so he needs to be, he's gonna go for some growing pains matt ryan doesn't have it anymore and i think the unders to play here i think this game could easily end like 10 to 7 or um god even seven don't to three. Say it, three three nothing a field goal and that's it uh no i think i think someone will def, someone's gonna score a touchdown this game yeah like I a hope. scoop like, like a scoop okay i should say three nothing on offense and then defense picks up 10 points a piece yeah like a, yeah something like that maybe uh, I, I guess I think it's uh, I think it's a fair analysis on that game, but I mean, I think time's gonna tell what happens with the National Football League this week. I mean, a couple of interesting games we had this past weekend, but now with Thanksgiving this upcoming Thursday and the big slate on Sunday, we'll have to see what the National Football League's uh, world is gonna be like after this upcoming weekend. But that is going to do it for our conversation here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Another interesting week in the National Football League. What is going to happen this upcoming weekend? And will we maybe find out about who Odell Beckham will be signing with after this upcoming Thursday or Sunday? Only time's going to tell. Once again, I am Nick Bavona, joined alongside by Grayson Sheepy G. Marino and Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show.